This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. All right, looks like we have enough people in here to, to get started. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Jim Lakely. I am the uh, Vice President of the Heartland Institute. And welcome to this press briefing for the new paper, Will the Last Taxpayer in Illinois Please Turn Out the Lights? An Economic Assessment of the Illinois Fair Tax. Uh, this examination of what the so-called fair tax would do to Illinois, its people and its economy, was written by esteemed economists Arthur Laffer, Stephen Moore, and Erwin Antoni. We have uh, Stephen Moore and uh, Erwin Antoni with us today. We're hoping to, um, to get uh, Dr. Laffer in here as well. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> But um, let's just get right into letting them explain uh, their economic analysis of the fair tax. And then I will be moderating Q&A at the end. So you can either put your questions in the Q&A section of, the, um, in the Q&A, Q&A section of this um, Zoom webinar. You can also put it in the chat or, or you can raise your hand and I'll try to pipe you in so you can answer, you can ask the question yourself. Uh, so without uh, further ado, let's throw it to uh, Steve Moore to start talking about this important examination of the fair tax in Illinois. Hi, Jeb. Good to be with you. Uh, Thanks to Heartland Institute for sponsoring this study. Uh, This is uh, uh, um, an analysis that we've done. Uh, We've done this for a number of states around the country. We have uh, the data for 50 uh, of all 50 states uh, going back for the last uh, 50 or 60 years. So we have incredibly comprehensive data on the analysis of uh, what uh, what in fact things like. uh, Hold on. This is Arthur Lapper. Somebody just. Hi. Hello, Steve. Oh, good. We got him. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a few seconds. All right. I know that you're pressed for time. So we, we just were getting started. Why don't you just tell it, just, you know, what uh, I was t- starting to say, this is based on what, 45, 50 years worth of data. And uh, uh, so uh, what uh, kind of just go through quickly, you know, how we did the study and then maybe I can go through the results. Yeah. Well, what we did was we did a group of things in the study, Steve, and uh, you know, we looked at the Illinois history, as you may know, I think it was 69 or so that Ogilvy put in the income tax in Illinois. Uh, you know, Illinois almost at that moment started to decline, its total period of decline with higher taxes. I was at the University of Chicago then, as you know, I was a Chicago resident for 10 years at the University of Chicago, went through all the ranks there. We have a long history of what Illinois' behavior has been, which comports precisely with all the stuff we've done. We also have all the states that have introduced an income tax, uh, which is Illinois was one of them, but so was Rhode Island, so was Maine, so was Connecticut, so was New Jersey, so was Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Nebraska, Michigan. These all, every one of those states, Steve, that introduced the income tax declined relative to the rest of the nation by huge amounts. We have enormous evidence of the damaging, of the damage that can be done by increasing tax rates especially progressive tax rates. If you're going to collect taxes, you want to do it on a low, broad-based, flat tax basis. But this initiative in Illinois is the single worst initiative I've ever seen, which makes the tax code so progressive that no one thinks it's fair. These people will continue out-migration. And the out-migration has been going on like mad. And people with income, all the employers, these are the people who are going to leave the people who can't leave the poor, the minorities that disenfranchise in Illinois are gonna be the ones that suffer the most. I mean, whether it's tax increases and seeing what's happened historically, 
it, it's always worked to the detriment of the economy. It's always led to out-migration, tax evasion, tax avoidance, tax, all of that stuff. And then when we have tax cuts, you can see the exact opposite effects. You know, the booms come, the look at Florida, look at Texas, look at Tennessee, look at Nevada, look at these low tax states that have done really, really well and are receiving all the people. And Illinois is just at the wrong time and the wrong place. And if they do this, they won't be able to retract it. Because once you get high tax rates in and once the people leave, how do you then lower the taxes? You'll have to have a huge cut in public services and they can't afford that. They, they're in desperate shape as it stands now. So what do you think about the, uh, what do you think about the revenue uh, impact of this? Uh, they expect uh, billions uh, over the next uh, Well, they, they don't expect it. An accountant tells them that if everyone works the exact same, they'll get that. But everyone knows that, you know, when you tax the rich people, they leave, they don't get the money. They will not get the money. The one thing that has been shown from the 11 states that put in the income taxes, their revenues declined relative to the rest of the nation substantially after the tax increase. You know, there is a level of taxation above which you cannot go. And uh, Illinois is right at the bottom of all those states in the growth of uh, AGI, adjusted gross income by moving, population growth, GSP growth, all of that. Illinois is in the bottom four or five, along with Connecticut, along with uh, New Jersey, along with New York, along with California, and a few other big loser states, West Virginia. I mean, I think West Virginia is the only state that is, has, has declined relative to the rest of the nation by more than uh, Illinois. So they're not going to get the money. They're going to have more poverty, more despair. Uh, and um, they're probably going to come back for more tax hikes in the future. But uh, so, uh, one, one more question I have for you uh, is the, because we get asked this all the time, is, you know, that uh, Illinois has a, uh, a constitutional flat tax requirement. As you know, this would, this would yes. override that. And so why does that matter? Well, it matters a lot because it's much more difficult to pass a constitutional amendment. And what they've done with uh, this bill is make it a constitutional amendment. I, I don't know what the specific requirements yeah. are. It's got to be 51% of all voters or right, 60% right. of those. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated to get it there. Uh, that's why we did Proposition 13 as a constitutional amendment. So it's very difficult to undo that. Right. And I just hope that constitutional amendment aspect uh, of the tax holds and that these guys are not able to pass that and destroy the, the city that I thought was the best city in the world that is now crumbling before our very eyes. So why, does it, why does it matter that you have a flat rate tax? That's the point. Because the left right. says, well, we'll just, we're just going to raise this on the top 2 or 3%. Yeah, well, the problem is the 2 or 3% will leave, and then you've got to raise it on the next 2 or 3%. You know, a flat rate basically puts the equal burden on everyone. Uh, you know, you want to have the lowest rate in the broadest base. So you provide people with the least incentives to evade, avoid, or otherwise not report taxable income. And you wanted a broad base, Steve. So there are very few places where people can hide their income and not pay taxes. That's why you have a broad base low rate. So you have a revenue generating machine. But once you make it progressive, I mean, rich people. Rich people can hire lawyers more than poor people can. Rich people can hire accountants more than poor people can. Rich people can hire deferred income specialist better. Uh, rich people can hire more politicians. I mean, look at how Pritzker's money is kept and is safe from these taxes. It's all in trusts that have avoided all these taxes. Right. That's what families who are rich do. They get around it and then the burden falls on people who lose their jobs who uh, have to ultimately pay it with lower quality schools, lower quality services, 
and higher taxes. So do you have a few more minutes or uh, what's your... Well, you know, I've, I've, I've got a maybe, board call that I've got yeah, to go to. You've got a TV thing too. So maybe... I, yeah, just the, today so, for an 80-year-old man, it's just too much. So maybe, can you take one or two questions from... Sure, I'd love to take one or two okay. questions. Why don't we do that, Jim? If anyone has uh, questions, uh, and then, then uh, as soon as they're done with Arthur, uh, uh, EJ and I can actually go over some of the specific findings of the study. Okay, sounds good. Um, actually, uh, Brian Cawson asks um, the group here, Illinois will have the second highest corporate income tax rate if this passes. Um, so how detrimental will this be to small businesses in Illinois? Yeah, let, let me just put it this way. If you have two locations, A and B, if you raise taxes in B, and if you lower them in A, producers and manufacturers and people are going to move from B to A. The whole out-migration from Illinois, businesses, jobs, people, and income, AGI, the whole flow of that is because Illinois is no longer competitive with the rest of the country. And by raising these taxes even higher, they'll even become less competitive, and you'll see the outflow increase dramatically, and you'll see poverty increase a lot, and small businesses are going to get hammered. Yeah, uh, the, yeah the, the chairman of the Heartland Institute actually sent an email uh, yesterday saying that there's a new way to, to um, levy or to measure the tax in, of living in Illinois, that a U-Haul to go to leave Illinois is about $900. To, to, a U-Haul to get into Illinois is about $200. No, <laughs> so, and I did that when I left California coming to Tennessee. I picked Tennessee because it's a lowest tax state in the nation. And I did that. And the U-Haul was like huge differences. And I did it back then in 2006. I, I used the U-Hauls. I, I drove them out from, from, California, from California to, I'm suing sorry. I drove from California to, from Tennessee to California, which is really cheap. Then I loaded up my stall, my belongings, drove it back. I had my guys fly out to Tennessee and drive the trucks up, run back and return it. And I saved myself fortune. Uh, we, we have another question here from, um, I know your time is limited, uh, Dr. Laffer, so uh, we'll go right to you. You know how much I love Illinois. I love Chicago. I, I lived in the South Side. I raised my kids there uh, and, you know, Jackson Park Highlands. So the, and the University of Chicago is probably the single best university in the world. Well, you won't get any argument from the Heartland Institute on that. So, um, so here's a question here from Jeff Berkowitz uh, who asks, where is Illinois now on the Laffer curve? Oh, you're way down in the lap of your, you know, <laughs> the only question is how long? Let's imagine that Illinois were able to reduce taxes by 2%. Let's do that. Uh, would, what would happen in the first week? Of course, they'd lose revenues. But how long would it take it before there'd be less out-migration, less sheltering, blah, 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 blah? It wouldn't be long in Illinois' case. But, you know, the problem is, is there would be a period there if you got rid of the income tax in Illinois and went pre Let's say we ran the film backwards until we got to Ogilvy and then we got rid of Ogilvy and we had no income tax, Illinois. Uh, that would be a very tough period for quite a while until those revenues came back up. But they would come back up. If you gave me uh, four or five years, you could do that for sure. But the trouble is that four or five years would be a pretty desperate period. Okay. Well, those are all the questions right now. Uh, Steve or, or uh, EJ, if you want to, you want to weigh right. in here on, on some of these. In fact, what, what, one of the questions actually um, is, is there's a question, you know, why call it the fair tax? And I think, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a whole discussion we could have on, on how, you know, ballot initiatives like this in all states are, 
are, are manipulated with the language to, uh, to get them passed. But, you know, it seems to me and maybe a lot of people on this call that a fair tax, as you guys have talked about, uh, is a flat tax. So why, that, don't we, uh, why, don't Arthur, tax isn't. why don't we let Arthur answer that and then you can jump, jump off, Arthur, because I know you've got they, they, try, they try to do all these words and things to get taxes done and to make it fair. Instead of free trade, they call it fair trade. And it's just, uh, it just their way of trying to put their morals ahead of, uh, of good economics. That's you know, their names. They do it in Washington. All well, you time. and I worked a little bit on the what the, was what the original fair tax. And this confuses people, Jim, because I, I know a lot of that people was think, good. Of, think of the fair tax as the plan to eliminate the federal income tax. And that was called the fair tax. And that's something I think you worked on that, Arthur, with with, uh, with You and I did that, that. And we did that. And then uh, then we got, uh, what was his name? The uh, Herman Cain came to yeah. the office. Yeah, 999. Yeah, I had the Jerry Brown one where we have a tax on, on, on value added, a tax on income, and a tax on sales, which is the fair tax. And uh, he divided up and he said 9%, 9%, 9% on each one, 9, 9, 9. It's yeah. great fun. But um, it is but the terminology I think does confuse people because I think a lot of people say, oh, I'm for the fair tax. I love what, you know what uh, that idea. And they don't understand this is, uh, this is the opposite of what the fair tax is. This is what you call it. Yeah, and it's also the opposite of what Pritzker personally does. I mean, Pritzker is a very wealthy person, and uh, but his income is all sheltered and put in places. As by the way, it's what it should be done if you're going to have high taxes like this. What rich person wouldn't put it in sheltered form? Okay, well, thank you, Arthur. Appreciate, Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Us. So I will. Uh, you're gonna, you're, they're going to win this one for us, aren't they, Steve? We are. We're going to win this one. I even even some of my liberal friends here in Illinois realized how damaging it would be. So let me kind of walk through a little bit um, what our, what our exact findings were, and then we uh, EJ and I can take some more questions. Uh, uh, and so we uh, appreciate everybody joining us. So uh, we looked at uh, what was it, 50 years worth of data. Um, and uh, EJ, by the way, got his uh, his. Uh, uh, PhD at Northern Illinois, and, and uh, his, his PhD thesis is on the migration effects of, uh, of uh, taxes in terms of how that affects where people move to and where people move from. And so uh, we've, we've, as I said, we've used 50 years worth of data looking at the states and their tax changes and how sensitive tax changes uh, people's uh, business location, that where they uh, move to and from, you know, income flows and all of these things in terms of how taxes have changed. And the, the, the fact is that the evidence is pretty overwhelmingly clear that uh, income tax rate changes have a very negative effect on growth. Uh, it's not universal. People may say, well, what about this state? What about that state? Uh, there are always exceptions. There are always outliers. But the fact is that the overwhelming evidence shows these negative effects. And so we looked at these kinds of sensitivities and we looked at which... Um, which, uh, you know, when you raise the tax as much as uh, this plan would do, it's a, we estimate it's about a 70% increase in the, in the tax rate, that uh, it would have uh, substantially negative effects. And those effects are, uh, number one, we estimate about between 1 and 1.2 million more uh, people from Illinois would leave over the next day, decade than are already leaving. And by the way, over the last decade, about 750 to 800,000 net uh, people left Illinois. That is so about uh, 800,000 more people left Illinois than came into Illinois. I think that was the third worst performance behind New York and California. So people have obviously been leaving and fleeing Illinois. And what we're saying is that this would virtually double 
uh, more than double the uh, pace of exodus. Um, so that's a very negative effect. Families would leave. They would go to Arizona. They would go to Florida. They would go to Texas, Tennessee. They would go to Indiana. They would go to Wisconsin. They would go to um, other bordering states like Missouri, which, which have lower taxes. Not everyone is going to leave. We're not saying that, but, but many people at the margin would. And, and uh, when you're talking about a state with population of about, I think, what was the number, EJ, uh, 12 million or so? What's the population of Illinois again? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yep. About 12 million. So, you know, if you lose another million people, uh, well, actually it would be closer to 2 million because, you know, even if you kept your system where it is, you'd probably lose another 800,000 people. So um, this puts Illinois in a very, very significant negative hole in terms of population growth. Now, a second related effect to that uh, is that when people leave, what happens to property values? They fall. I mean, it's, it's, if it's all the law of supply and demand. If you have fewer people looking for housing and more people selling houses, uh, then you get a reduction in the price. And that's been a universal phenomenon among states that um, raise taxes is that the, the least mobile form of, uh, uh, of, of inputs is, is land, right? You can move your business, you can use, move your capital, you can move your family, but you can't move your land out of a, and your house out of a state. And so that bears a lot of the burden of the higher tax. And so we estimate that there would be about a 10% reduction in home values. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for somebody who has, let's say, $400,000 of uh, equity in their home. You're talking about a forty dollars to $50,000 uh, reduction in the value of their house when they sell it. And for many people, you know, mil uh, millions of people in Illinois, the number one form of saving they have is in the equity they have in their house. So that would be an extreme negative thing. By the way, that's not just rich people. We're not talking about one and two and three and $4 million houses. We're talking about houses throughout the economy, uh, uh, throughout the scale uh, would, would fall. Uh, the third effect is on uh, jobs. We find uh, that there would be about 500,000 fewer jobs after 10 years with this new tax. It's hard to estimate, as Arthur was saying, how quickly the jobs would leave, but they would leave. And they would certainly leave, uh, you know, after two or three or four or five, six years. They might not leave SMAP right, right away. But, and by the way, you will have an immediate effect. You, you will have a lot of people who just throw up their hands and say, we're done with Illinois if this passes, even maybe before the tax increase formally takes uh, charge. So those are the most important negative effects that we find. Uh, and they are, uh, again, very significant. I want to make, make another couple quick points, and then uh, EJ may have some comments, then we'll take some questions. Um, the corporate tax increase in the, uh, in the plan is very significant and very harmful. Uh, and by the way, corporate taxes don't raise much money for states in Illinois. It's, it's, it's kind of an afterthought, the amount of money that's raised from the corporate tax, but it does have very negative effects on where corporate headquarters are located. Uh, and so... Under this plan, I believe, what's the rate go to, EJ, under this plan, 11%, is it? Or? Uh, it's about, I think, 10.49 for corporate. Oh, yeah, so let's go. Now, that, that includes the, that replacement property tax provision Got it. Uh, that's in there as well. So that, that is a very, very significant increase. But also, Illinois already started as a very high corporate uh, income tax state. And so uh, we estimate that there is only one other state in the country that would have a higher tax, corporate tax, I think it's Rhode Island, I don't remember. New Jersey, but, I believe, I think it's New Jersey. Which one? New Jersey. New Jersey. So uh, that means that um, 
because the corporate tax is high in the United States, and let's assume for a minute um, that Joe Biden gets elected president, we raise our, our corporate tax to 28%, which is part of heart soul of his tax plan. And you raise the, the, corp, the federal rate to 28, and then you add on top of that the 10.5% uh, Illinois rate, uh, it would mean that uh, in, in the entire hemisphere, entire globe, in the entire planet, the, the highest corporate tax rate in the entire world would be in New Jersey, and the second highest uh, corporate tax rate in the entire world would be um, Illinois. That's not where you want to be. You don't want Illinois to be a tax hell, and it would. And that would mean, uh, to the extent that there are any tax uh, corporate headquarters left in Illinois, uh, some of those would would uh, would leave. Uh, so that's a, a very negative effect. Uh, what, two other quick uh, points. Now is this is an obvious point, but I think it's something that I think voters should be aware of. This is a tax on small business. Uh, the our Research finds that about half of the people who would pay this tax are these, quote, rich people. Uh, about half of them are business owners. They have small businesses. They have medium-sized businesses. They have big businesses. They are employers. And when you tax the employer, you know, you're going to get less jobs, and you're going to get less wage increase, and you're going to get less benefits. Uh, employers, if they have to pay more tax, that money has to come out of somewhere. And one of the places it comes out of is, is wages, salaries, and benefits. And so uh, this, that's one of the reasons, by the way, the tax uh, destroys jobs. Um, small businesses are the victims of this, the men and women who run these small companies. Um, that's point number one. Point number two, I can't think of a worse possible time for Illinois to be raising taxes than right now. Uh, I was in Chicago this morning. Right now I'm in Arlington Heights at the Heartland Institute office. But Chicago is dead. It's, it's dead. It's, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to see you know, almost nobody downtown, um, and there's very little traffic, very little commerce, you know, and now the restaurants are being closed again. Uh, just at the very moment that small businesses are starting to get their feet back on the ground and starting to hire back workers who lost their jobs, Illinois is going to clobber them with a, with a big tax increase. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's really bad economics, especially now. Um, and one related point to this that also makes us a bad time to do this is that the uh, tax code, the federal tax code used to allow states to uh, people in high tax states to deduct their state and local taxes from their federal taxes. So that for example, a tax rate increase like this, 40% of the uh, cost of that would be borne by people out of the state because people in Illinois like J.B. Pritzker could actually write off 40% of the increase on their federal taxes. That's no longer allowable we cap that at $10,000. So that means the entire burden of the tax is borne by the person living in Illinois. You can't, there's no exporting the tax to other people. And that's important because our analysis and our report is based on the old tax system because that's the only thing we have data for. So what I'm saying is we probably underestimated the negative effects of this tax increase because of the fact that you can no longer deduct state and local taxes. I think, uh, EJ, uh, did you, did I leave out anything important? I think I'd just like to say that, that when we did our estimates, we tried to be as, as conservative as possible. And I think it's, it's an interesting contrast with what uh, Pritzker and his team have done in terms of their estimates being, I guess you could say, as, as aggressive as possible. Um, and, and the first thing there is that as this is something that Dr. Laffer alluded to, all of their estimates are just static. 
which basically means that they assume no behavioral changes on the part of anyone once these tax rates are implemented. And we made all of our estimates dynamic. So we assume that A does not just affect B, A is going to affect C, D, E, et cetera. Uh, so the, the home values is, is a good example of that, right? Uh, job growth, job creation, number of small businesses remaining in the state, those are good examples. Uh, and then it was also very interesting, the assumptions that were made on, on the part of the Pritzker team as well. One good example of that was they say that only, uh, only the top 1%, right, in Illinois are actually going to have to uh, pay more under this tax, and then 99% of people in Illinois are going to get a tax cut. Uh, now that I mean that's been debunked by you know several different good pieces of analyses, but one fact right away that jumps out is the fact that Illinois historically has actually had a, a relatively high proportion of millionaires relative to the rest of the country, and even despite the last decade of, of severe outmigration, especially of the high income earners, they still have I think it's between seven and eight percent of their households are millionaire households. So if this is a tax on millionaires and it's only going to affect the top 1%, what about that other six or 7% of millionaire households, right? So, I mean, just, just looking uh, on, on the face of it, there are a lot of problems with the claims that, that Pritzker and his team have made about this tax. Uh, and it, it frankly just doesn't even pass the smell test. So I really hope that that a lot of this work is is going to enlighten people uh, as to as to the real effects of a policy like this. There's one one uh, last quick point, Jim, and then we can take some questions. Is that uh, uh, we did an event last night uh, talking to some uh, folks about the tax and what they felt about it, and it was very interesting. Um, one of the big issues uh, that I had not even been aware of is the taxation of pensions. And a lot of seniors came up to me and saying they're scared to death of this uh, tax increase because they think it opens the door to uh, increasing taxes on their pensions, which for many seniors is their, you know, number one source of income. And these were not rich people. So that's another thing to worry about is how this will affect. Uh, the problem is, is if this thing passes, it, it obviously has its immediate effect, but it also blows up the whole uh, it makes it much easier for the politicians in Springfield to, uh, to raise taxes in the future and not just on the top one or two or three or four or five percent on everyone. And if, look, I guess if you believe, if you trust the politicians in Springfield to do the right thing, maybe you should vote for this, but I don't think many people do. So I think, Jim, why don't we just take, I saw some comments coming on uh, my screen when we were talking, but why don't you uh, see if people have uh, either questions that they want to ask us uh, over there or, uh, you know, print questions. Sure. Um, so uh, uh, Vincent Colbert, I'm clicking allow you to talk. There you Hi, are. Guys. Okay. On mute. Hi, Steve. Hi, it's great to see you. Great to see you guys. And so, uh, and thanks for coming out and uh, putting uh, your, uh, your uh, brain cells into this fight. Uh, so, uh, would you agree that one of the underappreciated effects of these high state income tax uh, rates is the loss of political influence? And my measurement for this is the loss of congressional districts. So if we go back to the inauguration of the income tax in Illinois in the early 70s, 
Uh, Illinois had, I think, 27 or 28 congressional districts at that time. Each congressional district today is a little north of 700,000 people. It would have been a lower number in the 70s. In any event, Illinois is about to uh, probably lose another congressional district. Uh, at least at least one. Yeah, at least one. So yeah. we'll, we'll drop Maybe from two. 18 to 17. So do you think that's a valid uh, point for the effect of these income taxes? It is. Well, but a couple of quick points, Vince. Number one, as you know, I'm from Illinois, and I love the state of Illinois. And I, I, went to, I grew up in Illinois. I went to the University of Illinois. I have uh, you know, most of my family still lives in Illinois. Uh, and so, you know, I have connections here. I, as I've always said, I think Chicago is one of the 10 greatest cities in the world. Uh, it's being ruined by politicians, but it's an amazingly great city. And uh, I call Illinois the, the capital of the Midwest. And it really is. But I mean, uh, Chicago is the capital of the Midwest. It, it's going to lose that status with this uh, tax increase. Um, the, you're right, you know, about the loss of congressional seats. We saw this big time, by the way, in the only other state that's been losing more people than Illinois, which is New York. I mean, New York lost 1.3 million people the last decade. Uh, and it, it's, that's been a trend for the last 50 years. So New York has lost like, I don't know, I forget the exact number, seven or eight congressional seats uh, you know, over the last 40 or 50 years. And where are people going? They're going to the South mostly. And what does the South have, Vince? Low taxes. I mean. Florida, Texas, and Tennessee is out there, we're saying, has zero income tax, zero. So, you know, you're going to pay 8% in Illinois or zero somewhere else. A lot of people tell me, Vince, that they can, when they move from New Jersey or New York or Connecticut uh, to a state like Florida, the amount of money they save is enough to buy their house, you know, just from the savings on the taxes. Well, Illinois is now going to be in that category. And that one other quick point. You know, Illinois, um, we've been doing these ratings of the states now, uh, Laffer and I, for the last uh, 13 years or so, and we put out an index every year. It's called Rich States, Poor States. And um, Illinois has always ranked, you know, somewhere around 45 out of 50 on that uh, index, um, which is not very good. I mean, that's a very poor grade. But the one reason that Illinois has not been at the bottom, Vince, is because you have one redeeming feature in Illinois in terms of your economic tax in your tax code. It is that you have a flat tax, right? That's the one saving grace. And so the one thing that's keeping Illinois together is the one thing that this initiative would get rid of. And so we estimate that Illinois would go from 45th to about 49th. And uh, you wouldn't catch up with New York in terms of being a tax hell, but you would be right behind them. And Steve, Thanks. if I could just add on to that, to Vince's point, as far as the political representation goes, um, you look at Illinois, for example, Illinois has lost so many people now, they've been supplanted as the fifth most populous state by who? Pennsylvania, a state that has a low, flat income tax rate of 3%, right? And then bringing up New York, uh, New York and Florida, this has been a, a trend of 50 years, almost 60 years now. It's finally been completed where Florida has, has as of last year, has supplanted New York now as the third most populous state. And I mean, Texas and Florida, they've been gaining one, two, sometimes three seats pretty much every census for the last three census in terms of seats in Congress. Um, so I, I, absolutely, I mean, this, is, this has just devastating effects on these states where people are fleeing left and right 
Um, but I mean, you, you know, Illinois, I, I don't think is, is a lost cause, you know, to Steve's point, it's a great state filled with great people. Uh, Chicago is, is a great city. It really is the, the capital of the Midwest, or it was at least. Um, it, it's in a great location. It's a rail hub. Uh, it's a shipping hub for, uh, for all the traffic coming in and out of, of the ports on Lake Michigan. Um, so, I mean, Illinois has just, just its location alone. It has a lot going for it. Great. Okay. Um, if anyone else would like to come in, you know, here's uh, Kevin Truitt. I'm going to put you, uh, pipe you in here, Kevin. If you unmute yourself, you're on. Uh, two quick questions. One, who are the people? Can you, can you speak up a little louder, please, Kevin? Can you hear me? Just yeah. barely. Go okay. ahead. But okay. Speak a little louder, please. Okay. Who are the people that advise Pritzker on this tax plan? And is their work publicly available? I imagine it is. And then two, what would be a realistic alternative to this kind of tax plan? I don't know who, who his advisors were, uh, you know, so I can't answer that. But I've always, uh, look, there are nine states that have no income tax, and they are almost all growing like gangbusters. And Arthur mentioned some of those, uh, you know, and they have uh, – you know, significant growth, uh, Nevada, Washington State, uh, you know, you've got states like um, uh, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, they've all been doing incredibly well. And so uh, why not, why doesn't Illinois get rid of its income tax? I mean, why not think big? Why not make Illinois a place people want to come to rather than leave? Uh, you know, uh, it's really interesting because Wisconsin and Indiana, two border states, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that are kind of bordering uh, near the Chicagoland area have been cutting their taxes. And so people aren't just necessarily moving to Florida and Texas and Tennessee for the weather. A lot of businesses are moving over the border to Wisconsin or Indiana. They're still kind of in the Chicago area. You know, if they're like in Lake Geneva or they're, you know, right over the border in Indiana, but they, uh, but they don't have to pay these high taxes. And so, you know, I've talked to the governors of Wisconsin. I talked to Scott Walker. I used to talk to Mitch Daniels. He said, we love it when Illinois raises taxes. We love it. We're the beneficiaries of that. Yeah, Illinois actually loses population to every single one of its neighboring states, all of them, yep. In, including Wisconsin, which is further north, which kind of helps disrupt the whole narrative that, oh, people are only moving to Texas and Florida for the good weather, right? Somebody, by the way, uh, Jim just texted me that, that, and I'll have to look this up, that 40, 19, 1970, Illinois had a larger population than Texas. I, 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 that, uh, EJ, does that seem possible that's, that's, a, that's about right. Yeah, they were roughly That's amazing. Equal. Think about mm -hmm. that. I mean, Texas is now, what, the second largest population state behind California. And it wasn't so long ago that Illinois, Texas's population must be, at least twice as large as Illinois right now. I mean, I would think. So that, that's amazing. All right. Well, one of our attendees is uh, Jim Oberweiss, who's running for uh, Congress here in Northern Illinois. Um, and he, I'll just read what he says here. Um, Irwin said Pritzker claims this will apply to only top 1%, but actually the claim is that it will apply to the top 3%. Also, Irwin's statement that 8% of residents are millionaires, therefore at least 8% would be affected. It's also not correct because it applies to income, not wealth. And having said all that, it is a terrible idea because it will allow politicians to increase rates on different groups at different times with less political consequences. So when the income from the top 3% is not enough, they will increase taxes on the next 10% 
and then the next 10%, and then the next 10%, et cetera, until rates on our middle class have increased substantially. This amendment would accelerate the exodus to Indiana, Iowa, Florida, and so on. Uh, you know, that's the point that Lapper was making, which yeah. is that, uh, you know, and this has been the pattern uh, of, of states when they've moved away from flat tax systems uh, that are constitutionally protected. They've always, the story's been the same, Jim, in every case. This is only going to be a tax increase on the rich. That's why we're getting rid of the flat rate tax system. And then once they get rid of the flat rate tax system, uh, that uh, the the play uh, the show plays out just as uh, as uh, he was saying. That then then all of a sudden they start taxing because like they just can't get the revenue from they can't get enough revenue from the rich people. They just can't to do all the things that Illinois wants to do or New Jersey or whatever state it might be. And that's why you get the ratcheting down of these tax rates onto the middle class because. That's where the money is. So, and then, and then just to clarify a couple of things, that's seven to 8%, uh, that's, that's households, not people. So just- That's household income or household wealth? That's, that's household income, income, if I remember wow. correctly. So, well, that's it's, an important but it's point household, it's not, it's, not, it's not people. So it's, it, it's, it's a, little, a little different of a, right. a statistic. Um, so you, you, know, you do have to factor in things like, okay, there's, you know, different as households change in income, they tend to change in number of people. They tend to tend to change in number of income earners. Um, as far as the one percent or three percent statistic, um, I I do think he's right that the more the more common number they're citing right now is is three percent. So I stand corrected on that. Okay, um, thank you. In fact, Brian Costin here. He says that Illinois' population in 1970 was equivalent to that of Texas. Now Texas has 16 million more people million than more. Illinois. Um, and if we spent the same per capita as Texas, we could get rid of our of our income tax. Wow. And that and that, uh, and that brings me to a question. Kind of segues here. Uh, Kurt uh, Byron asks: If states eliminate income taxes, what are the alternatives for states to raise revenues to cover their budgets? And what's the relative impact of those alternatives? Well, the problem for Illinois, frankly, I mean, most states, we would say, you know, you could, uh, you could lower your, uh, you could get rid of your income tax and you could raise your sales tax because sales taxes, there's no good tax, but sales taxes are not as negative on economic activity as sales tax. The problem in Illinois is, you know, not only are you going to have the highest income tax now, you're going to, you already have what is EJ like the second or third highest sales tax in the country as well? So, I mean, Illinois just is taxed to death. And in that case, I would say the only way to do this, Jim, is to cut spending, cut spending. I love right. that statistic about if Illinois were just to spend on a per capita basis, what Texas spends, you wouldn't have to have an income tax. So let's leave it at that. Now, people would say, well, but you're going to cut all these vital public services. Wait a minute. I've been to Texas. I've been in Illinois. Texas spends half per capita what Illinois does. And guess what, folks? In most cases, Texas has better public services. Texas has better schools than Illinois does for the most part. You know, certainly much better than, you know, the, the schools in Chicago. So you have, you have to find ways to tighten the belt. And I would say, you know, we have good friends who work with uh, OpenTheBooks.com that goes through the entire budget. I mean, there is so much in, in that budget that is just reprehensible, that makes people so angry. Uh, that's the thing that really disturbs me about this. There's no reforms. There's, this is just a massive tax increase. There's not a reform of anything. There's no reform of education. There's no reform of the civil service system. There's no reform of the pension system, which I mean, everyone listens, listening to this show and watching this, this uh, press conference knows that everyone knows it's the pensions. 
So you're going to have this massive tax increase that hurts the state, hurts pensioners, hurts, uh, you know, uh, the job opportunities of people in Illinois, and all the money is going to go for these big fat, you know, government pensions that are unaffordable. It's just, it's, that's not fair. And, you know, one of the things that, that we, that we might recommend if, if they're looking at trying to replace the income tax, go to a zero income tax. How do other states get revenue then? And it tends to be things like sales taxes. So you can look at a state like Tennessee that has been growing like crazy the last decade. They have no income tax. Uh, they have the hall tax, which they're starting to phase out, which is on, on interest and dividends. But I think by next year, that's going down to zero. Um, but r- regardless, what's their sales tax at? It's almost 10%. Well, part of the problem in Illinois is, especially in places like Cook County, you may already have a 10% sales tax. So, so again, to Steve's point, you can't really raise taxes anymore. You need to cut spending. Illinois, Illinois uh, not only have their tax rates been going up, but their revenue has gone up over the years as well. The problem is just that spending has gone up so much faster. So it's, it's not a revenue problem. It's a spending problem. It's starting to become a revenue problem, however, as so many people leave the state that's forcing revenues to go down because they're taking their jobs with them. They're taking their incomes with them. So this is why, you know, it's amazing when you look at some of these states like Florida and Texas and Tennessee that have been just these high octane uh, economies. They've been cutting their taxes, you know, even though they don't have an income tax, they've been cutting, uh, you know, their property taxes. You mentioned the fact that they got rid of their, the, the uh, tax on dividends, you know, why did they do that? Because they had so much growth, they had revenue. So really, the, the, the solution to Illinois' problems are not to pass anti-growth initiatives like the Pritzker tax, it's to pass pro-growth. You get more, every time a new job comes into the state, every time a new business comes into the state, it means more revenues. It means uh, more money to be able to pay teachers and so on. Every time a millionaire leaves the state, it's less revenues. Incidentally, people can... There are a lot of great things about Illinois. We all agree on that. But, you, you know, the way you avoid these taxes, the income tax, is to live here for five months. And you live in Arizona for seven months, or you live in Florida for seven months, or you live in Tennessee for seven months. And we all know that there's snowbirds, that, you know, the one bad thing about Illinois is those freezing cold winters. That's the one thing I don't miss. So you can, you can avoid those. And, and instead of living in Illinois for seven months, you're going to live in another state for seven months. And by the way, Jim, that's the reason that we estimate that this is only at most going to get half the revenues that are promised. Because if somebody right now is living in Illinois and paying the, what is the top rate now, four and a half percent or, four, you know, uh, something like that. Uh, now, instead of getting, let's say, four and a half percent of a million, they're going to get uh, 8% of zero because there's no income to tax because the, someone, that person is paying taxes now in Florida or Texas. Yeah, it's, fun, it's funny how uh, tax cuts tend to sometimes bring in more revenue than expected and tax hikes never bring in the revenue that is expected. Absolutely true. So that's the way that goes. Uh, Jim Oberweiss uh, comments here. He says, Florida does it with a tax on entertainment, which hits tourists, and a small tax on mortgages, and Texas does it with taxes on uh, oil production. And um, if, I don't know if this is true or not, and if it is, this is quite ironic. Janice, uh, Janice Sleater says, uh, by the way, the Pritzker trusts are all in Texas. So it's yeah. not just people fleeing Texas, <laughs> it's, other, uh, it's other- Well, by the way, Jim, things. I mean, um, you know, look, it is true that uh, many of the no-income tax states are resource states. But guess what? Illinois is a resource state. Illinois has oil, gas, coal. I mean, and, and uh, you know, if you, what, what a better way to, to get tax revenues and economic development than to use them. 
And yet Illinois shut down a lot of its uh, uh, natural resource excavation, which is really harmful to the state. And, and, uh, and uh, so, but Texas is diversified. I mean, the idea that Texas is just getting all its money from oil revenues is not true. I mean, the oil and gas you know, industry is the ultimate boom and bust cycle. But Texas has gotten through that with no income tax, uh, uh, you know, very well. Yeah, I just want to remind everybody that uh, you can get a copy of this, uh, of the paper that uh, we're discussing today at heartland.org. It's featured right there on the front page. Very easy. You can get it free PDF. Um, Dr. Antoni, were you about to say something before I interrupt? Yeah, just, just again, the, you know, the fact is uh, our research has shown repetitively that people prefer to pay things like sales taxes. They would much prefer consumption taxes to income taxes. Uh, property taxes are, are especially bad, um, at, at least on a percentage basis. So the, the fact that you see states that do so much better when they tax consumption as opposed to taxing income or taxing property, two, two things that Illinois does with, with fervor, right? Taxing income and taxing property. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense that those are the states that are doing better. The states that tax consumption and not income, that tax consumption and, and not property. Right. Okay. Um, we have time for a few more questions here. Uh, if somebody wants to either raise their hand or put something in the chat, um, I would just note that um, Jim Oberweiss is continuing to fact check us as we move along. He says that the Pritzker trusts are in the Caribbean, not Texas. So they're exempt from federal taxes as well as state income taxes. So uh, take that for, uh, for what it's worth. Very interesting little factoid. Let's see. Uh, Art Ellingson uh, asks or comments here, if the tax amendment passes and they start taxing retirement income, what will happen to the hundreds of teachers that I know who have moved either to Texas or Florida? Will Illinois withhold income taxes from the teachers who are retired, but who live out of state? Well, that's, a, you know, someone asked me that question last night, and I'm not totally familiar with uh, the laws with respect to uh, taxing pensions. Uh, I am in favor, by the way, of taxing public pensions in, uh, in Illinois. I want to be clear on that. You know, the public pensions are bankrupting the state. Uh, they are double what a private sector person gets. And a way to claw that money back is to tax that. I was talking about private pensions. Uh, you know, people are getting uh, pensions not from the government, but from their, you know, either their 401k plan or from their, uh, you know, uh, private employer uh, pension system. And those are the people who are worried about, you know, having to pay a tax. But I mean, ultimately, the only way that you're going to get out of the pension crisis <coughs> in Illinois is to impose a, a special tax on those pensions. What I don't know is if someone has, let's say a teacher has moved, you know, taught in Illinois and moved to Florida, whether there would be a way of Illinois taxing that pension, even though the person doesn't live in Illinois. I don't, I don't know enough about the tax so laws. Cali yeah, California is currently drafting legislation to try to do precisely that, yeah. to, get, to get tax revenue out of all the people who have fled California. And they're even trying to figure out a way to make it retroactive too. So my guess is, again, I'm not a tax attorney, so I don't know enough about it. Um, and I don't know enough about the interstate commerce yeah. uh, that it, you know, that it entangles as well. So I would have to defer to some kind of legal specialist. But my, my guess as someone who's uninitiated in the topic would be that that's going to be something that would have to end up uh, in the courts somewhere. So let me, um, let me be really clear about this. I, I am absolutely 100% against a state taxing someone 
you know, who used to live in Illinois. I mean, some of the, I was on a couple of boards of, uh, of foundations of people who lived in Illinois, moved to Florida. They were in task court for 15 years with Illinois trying to, you know, get money out of these people. I, I'm talking about before Illinois sends a pension out to someone, it basically imposes a tax on it before it goes out the door. So it doesn't matter where you live. If you're getting money from the state, they're going to impose a tax on it. I think that's entirely different than, you know, taxing someone in Florida because they have property in Illinois on their, on their income, because that's what many states are going to try to do. And I'm a hundred percent opposed to that. Anything else before we break up? Okay, I, uh, I don't see any more questions. I just, uh, I want to thank uh, Steve and, uh, and EJ and uh, Art Laffer in absentia for being uh, part of this, uh, this webinar on Zoom today and also for- uh, So the, for the study is, is posted on the website. Uh, it is. Heartland Institute. So yeah, we got to get this out to people. Obviously Tuesday is election day. Uh, and I really believe the fate of Illinois, you know, is rests on defeating this initiative. Uh, well, let's, I, let's, I, let's ask that question here at the end then. So what chance do you think this has of passing? Um, good, fair, middling? I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I have faith in the, you know, uh, in the people in Illinois. I was on a radio show with uh, Dan and Amy this morning. I know a lot of you uh, listened to them and they, they were very divided about whether this will pass. But the people I talked to in Illinois, this is a small sample of people, you know, whether they're liberal or conservative, they realize Illinois is tapped out on taxes and that, you know, this would be a major, it's not a, it's not a hard sell to, to tell people, look, you're going to really kill the goose that lays the golden eggs here. And Illinois, again, let me say this again. I'm not, I'm, we didn't write this study because we want rich people to pay less taxes. <laughs> we wrote this, we wrote this because we think that, you know, the, the middle class and the, and, the, and the people at the bottom of the ladder are the people get cream. You know, whenever you have an economy that's shrinking uh, and, you know, there's layoffs and things, who are the first people who get laid off? <laughs> They're not millionaires and billionaires. There are people at the bottom of the ladder. And so uh, it's really, it's, it will be very sad for the people who are really struggling to make ends meet if this tax increase is passed. Uh, uh, and, I, and I do think it's not going to, but I, I wouldn't stake my life on it. And uh, there's still a lot of time. And by the way, you know, six days is a lot of time for people to, to make up their mind about these things. But uh, one thing, we have to stop calling this the fair tax. We should call it the unfair tax. <laughs> this is the unfair tax. You know, terminology matters a lot. And I think people do confuse, oh yeah, for fair taxes, who's not, who's not for fair taxes? Right. So it's the unfair tax, not the fair tax. Okay, Jim, I've got to run and catch a flight. But okay. Great to be with you. And, uh, you know, I hope if anybody has additional uh, questions uh, for those in the media on this call, um, you know, I can uh, be, be reached through Heartland. Jim has my contact information. And same thing, uh, if you want to uh, contact Lapper or EJ, please go through Jim. And uh, you guys said Heartland did an amazing job getting this together. So thank you for doing it. And, uh, you know, we, we put this together in the last few weeks because we just saw a dire need for this. And the Heartland really did an amazing job getting it all together and getting it out the door just in time. Thanks, just Jim. Just in time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, thank you, EJ. And um, again, you can always go to heartland.org. You can find this paper and all sorts of other research on public policy issues, um, not just in Illinois, but around the country. So um, you can reach me at jlakely at heartland.org. And I will be able to get you in touch with the authors of this paper and other experts at the Heartland Institute. Thank you, everyone, for attending. And uh, we will see you next time. <music>